It is checkpoint season. Checkpoint season continues, and we've reached another checkpoint a few nights ago on Saturday night for the first time, not just in Liberty history, but in the history of the entire Commonwealth. Notice I said Commonwealth because someone would be hopping in the comments angry that a Northerner called to the Commonwealth for the first time in Commonwealth history. A FBS team has finished the regular season 12-0, and and I am talking about our Liberty Flames. And we have a lot to talk about this evening, and there's no other person I would rather talk about that with than with the man who is all things Liberty Athletics. He is the founder of A Sea of Red. He is Mr. John Manson. John, for the 13th time this season, how we living this Tuesday night? For the 13th time, Richie, we're doing wonderful. I mean, 12-0, and 0, uh, what else can you ask for? Ranked in the CFP. We're playing for a conference championship on Friday night. And, uh, you know, we got at least one more show in us after this one, don't we? I, I think we got a couple. But uh, we'll get into all the housekeeping stuff when we see where all the cards fall over the next six, seven days. Five days, I, I guess you could say. But we're going to start off talking about what's hot right now. A um, little more than an hour ago on ESPN, the college football playoff top 25 was released. And Liberty, drum roll. I imagine at this point, everyone's aware. And again, everyone, if you're joining us, thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's free. Costs nothing. Costs a click. Couldn't hurt. But we are 24th in the country, according to the voters, tucked away in a room somewhere. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on that? Is that what you expected coming off of a 14-point win against UTEP, which I'm sure we'll get into that at some point? Uh, but what did you expect uh, and, and what were your thoughts on the whole rankings, you know, specifically that 20 to 25 range that's going to impact Liberty going forward? Sure. There weren't many teams that lost, really one team, Kansas State, in the you know 17 to 25 range. So I didn't expect much movement. Uh, I, I was wondering how far Kansas State would fall. They were at 18. They did slide to 25, which in my mind, that was perfect for Liberty because, you know, it allows Liberty to move up a spot. So Liberty slid up to number 24 Tulane, who we're chasing also slid up a spot to number 22. And, uh, most importantly though, and Richie and I, you know, you know, Richie, we were talking about this, uh, you know, leading up to the select to the, you know, uh, releasing of the poll, uh, tonight over the past couple of days was SMU is not ranked because if you would have had something like, Tulane 23, Liberty 24, SMU 25, then it would make perfect sense that if Tulane got the win, they would jump Liberty by having a, a top 25 win in conference championship week. Uh, but, but you know, so I think it's perfect for Liberty. You know, they're, they're at least two spots ahead of SMU going into this week, and which we'll talk about more as we get into it, playing a 10-win New Mexico State team that has an SEC win under their belt. They've won eight in a row. Uh, they're receiving votes in all the polls, uh, AP coaches, etc. So uh, it, it would be a nice win. You know, you could maybe argue that a, a, a win over an SM over uh, New Mexico State is a similar to a win over uh, an SMU. But but again, we we need Tulane to to lose. We need SMU to to get a, an upset there Saturday. But all of that is for not. Liberty's got to take care of business Friday night, and uh, you know we're going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Exactly. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to count my chickens before they hatch. Obviously, have to go into Friday night uh, and win this game up against 
New Mexico State. Uh, but, John, real quick, thoughts on Utah. Obviously, Liberty played very well. Final regular season game going on the road. Uh, overall, you know, you look at all the numbers on the screen, and if you are not watching live, the number at the top of the screen is 42 to 28. All the other numbers don't reflect that um, outside of maybe turnovers. But Liberty dominating the time of possession, uh, 13 more minutes, 200 or so total yards more on offense, 441 rushing yards. Uh, that's a Liberty record, right, John? Liberty FBS record, second most ever in program history, yep. It's preposterous, and, and, and again, you're the expert. I'm just the guy watching on TV in Jersey. We didn't have anyone rush for 100 yards, right? That was a, This was like a cumulative, which is insane that you would have that many rushing yards and no one eclipsed the, the century mark. So just wild. But, uh, John, thoughts on your game, all four quarters. There was a lot of debate on Twitter. I found myself getting into the Twitter mud. But uh, what were your thoughts on the, the, the UTEP game and, and the way we closed out uh, the regular season campaign? And, and Richie, for one of the few times, I think you and I were on the opposite side of mm -hmm. uh, of opinion. But uh, you know, and I think it was kind of proven by the uh, top twenty five polls tonight that came out. As Liberty moved up a spot, stayed uh, on par, if you want to say that, with with Tulane. So uh, I mean, it was forty two to fourteen with like four or five minutes left in the game. You would have loved for that to have been the final score. That looks on paper a lot mm -hmm. better than 42 to 28. But, you know, with with third stringers in there, second, third stringers in there, uh, you, know, you know, really that fumble down inside your own five-yard line kind of flipped it to where it turned into a, a more – you know, a score that looks more reasonable than 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 in reality. But yeah, I mean, looking at the numbers, I mean, 441 rushing yards to 50. Like that's just complete domination. And and to be able to to put up 42 points with only 28 passing yards, that's got to be some type of of record. And uh, that's one thing I asked Liberty SID Todd Wetmore during the game is, what's the record for? fewest passing yards by Liberty in program history in a win. And he said, you know, John, that's not something we even track. So I've got to think that this is probably a record. It, it's certainly got to be for the FBS level. Uh, but, um, you know, all in all, a win is a win. We dominate it. Uh, it might not show it as much in, in the final score, but – uh, you know, that's kind of been how the team's been playing the past, you know, several weeks, really going back to Western Kentucky game, uh, even the Western Kentucky game, you know, that, that, you know, we talked about that fourth quarter and how things, you know, they kind of, you know, scored a few touchdowns there on, on, you know, one play drives and things, but, uh, it, it was a good, uh, uh, a good win, another dominating performance for, for the flames. Absolutely. And, and I'm in no way, shape or form saying I was disappointed in the game on Saturday night. I'm thrilled we won 12-0. I have seen Liberty get passed over for FCS playoff berths. You've seen it before. If you are over the age of 26, you know it all, all too well uh, that we sat there on a Sunday morning and only to get passed up, probably deserving a chance in. And I just, I don't want to have, I don't, I want to leave zero doubt. I don't want anyone sitting in that room wherever they go to go, well, yeah, they only won by 14 against UTEP. I want to shut the door and leave leave no doubt. I want there to be no nothing hanging over our head if things go well Friday and things go well Saturday. I want it to be a slam dunk. And, and that's that's where it's coming from. It's not – I don't care about covering the points. I don't care about anything like that. I care about leaving no doubt that not a single person in that room will go, 
Well, SMU's blowing teams out of the water. So that's where I came sure. from with all that. Sure, and I agree with what you're saying there, Richie. I really do. And I guess kind of where I'm coming from and why I don't think the 14-point the margin really matters too much. And, you know, again, I think it was validated a little bit by the rankings tonight. But um, in my perspective, you know, sitting here today, and, and I think you would probably agree with this too, but uh, I, I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but – Getting to a New Year's Six Bowl, like even if we get to 13-0 and Friday night, like getting to a New Year's Six Bowl is just something that I didn't even think was on the table for this season. So the fact that we're sitting here, you know, just a couple of days out from a conference championship game and that is still in the cards with if really two things happen uh, is, is pretty remarkable and and something that I didn't even think, like I said, was, was on the cards this season. So if we are to be fortunate enough, first of all, to win, second of all, to have SMU win uh, over Tulane Saturday, and third of all, have Liberty be ranked ahead of SMU in those final rankings then that that's just gravy on top, right? That's just you know a cherry on top of the cake, and and I, I would love. Don't get me wrong, we're so close, we could almost taste a New Year's Six bowl, but at the same time, we're probably a year out from that. I mean, we're first year head coach, you know, first year uh, coaching staff, so much turnover. We've had injuries, you know, uh, across the board pretty much. And uh, a new starting quarterback, like we're really a year ahead of schedule. I, I, that's the way I look at it. And so, yes, do I want a New Year's Six? Of course, who doesn't? But if we don't get it, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, discount what this team has done to this point uh, this season. I agree wholeheartedly, uh, and I know many of our fans do as well. And to all of our fans that are watching this evening, before we kick it over. Uh, to Jason Porter and Mr. Brendan Schlittler. Make sure you like, subscribe. It helps us out a ton. Uh, it, it allows us to expand our footprint uh, and all of that within there. How, I, how do I sound, John? You sound good. Let, let, let's keep it rolling. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> keep it rolling. Bring them on, Producer 3000. Brendan, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? Good, man. Congratulations again on uh, the UTEP victory. Such a such a huge deal, capped off by the epic epic celebration in the locker room. I <laughs> I can't even. I don't even have words for that. If people haven't seen that yet, I'm not sure what uh, what rock they've been under. But um, got uh, got the huge win. Hopped on the flight, came back to Lynchburg. About I don't know. I'm not sure what time we landed. Somewhere like 12:30, 1 o'clock. Um, getting ready for obviously conference championship here on Friday. Take us through what the week's looking like for you guys. A little bit of a short week here, and another unusual schedule to some extent. Not quite the Tuesday Thursdays, but uh, what's the week in, got in store for you guys practice wise? Yeah, so obviously for those that don't know, uh, we are playing on Friday instead of Saturday this week. So that brings a couple challenges that typically don't have. What helped this year was we had the October games that you know. Thursday and Tuesday so you have to adjust for those and it kind of helps you prepare that type of schedule for what this type of week would look like so having gone through that a couple times I think a lot of the guys are more prepared than we would be uh, that definitely helped us so just moved up meetings a day and late in the season you typically aren't hitting as much as you would if it were fall camp or the first couple weeks of the season so 
practices cut down a little bit in time and there's a lot more time to watch film. So just a lot of meetings, a lot of walkthroughs, not as much hitting. If you can't hit by week 13, then you don't deserve to play. So as far as that, it's pretty similar, but uh, yeah, just adjusted a little bit. Brendan, uh, you know, this is the first time for Liberty playing in, in a conference championship game, playing for a conference championship at the FPS level. Uh, how different is is it around uh, around the, the Liberty Football Operations Center and just around the locker room, around the team? Uh, is it different this week as you guys kind of prepare for, for the Aggies on Friday? Every single week we try to treat the same. I know it's cliche and to any fan, it's like, well, this is the conference championship and you played, you know, UMass two weeks ago. So it's like, you're, you're a dummy, but um, it's simple. I mean, we really do treat each week the same, but there's definitely elements to the game that'll be different for the conference. You'd say championship you have, uh, it's a, it's technically a neutral site games that they're trying to make it. So you have neutral marketing, neutral videos, you know, we may not have our Flames quarter videos, a couple things that would be different. Um, but you kind of feed off the coaching staff who has been in a lot of – they've been in a couple conference championships themselves. So they know the intensity of it, what it means to the university. And they've really gotten our minds right for that. It, Depending on who you ask, it's much bigger than the bowl games we've had. Arguably one of the biggest games in school history. So everyone's just full of excitement. And I think the focus is really on what we've been doing and what's brought us success and not the end goal. In life, you have to look at the process, not the product. So what's going to get you there, not what is the end goal. So that's what we're focusing on. Brennan, I think on the outside, we're trying to kind of compare apples to apples a little bit. And, you know, looking at week two when we played uh, New Mexico State the first time, we took it to them 33-17, but it was a dogfight. Uh, every bit of that was a tough was a tough win. But, again, week two versus week 13, I guess, for lack of a better term, from your perspective, what's what's changed between both teams? Both teams have gotten better. Back-to-back seasons of this Aggies team has just, every single week, just stacked and stacked and stacked. We obviously caught the brunt of them at the end of the last season, so we know what they can do late in the season. Obviously went down to the Plains and did what they did a couple weeks ago. We respect the heck out of them. I think that's the biggest thing. We respected them last year, but we really respect them right now. We know they're dangerous. We know they both teams want to win the game. The biggest difference I see for them, they're not blitzing as much as they were earlier in the season. They're doing a lot of four-man rushes, twists in the D-line, and kind of sending more guys into coverage. So we have to be great on our twist pickup as an offensive line. Uh, I know both teams will have probably similar game plans because schematically people are going to be in the same spots, but a lot of adjustments will be made. Obviously, they lost by two or three scores, so they're going to make some adjustments, and we just have to be ready for what they're coming out with. But both teams are playing better. Both teams want to win. It's going to come down to who can refocus every single play and hone in on the adjustments that the coaches made for this game. Joined by uh, Brendan Schlittler, Liberty offensive lineman, uh, as always at this time uh, each and every week. And and Brendan, uh, th- this this segment is is sponsored by RT Rogers. Uh, you got the information there if you're watching on YouTube uh, or Twitter, Facebook, wherever you may be watching uh, to to contact RT Rogers. Tell us a little bit more about them. RT Rogers is owned and operated by Greg Rogers, Liberty alum. Uh, they sell fuel, lubricants, tanks, and equipment out of West Virginia. Um, they provide responsible, reliable, full service fuel. So anyone, Liberty, anything, Liberty, Greg's a huge supporter of our program 
and the university. So you got that connection there. Go ahead and hit him up for any of those oil needs, and he'll take care of you. Yeah, Greg's, a, like you said, a big supporter of the program. Uh, got got to see him and hang out with him a little bit uh, this year. Stopped by a couple of the tailgates and, and even brought some of his, his R.T. Rogers crew with him uh, for one of the games. So that was a lot of fun. Hopefully they'll be there Friday and we'll get to see him again. So, uh, uh, Brendan, you know, we, we all know what happened last year against New Mexico State. And and uh, that, that was such a long time ago. I mean, it's, it's over a year ago now. And uh, now, you know, but at the same time, you know, as you play them for a conference championship in, in a couple of days, how ironic is it that it's the Aggies, you know, based on what happened last year? And, and then we, we talked a lot about that back in week two when, when we played them. But uh, how ironic is it that that it's the same team that kind of, you know, really embarrassed Liberty on their home field back back for senior day a year ago? It's definitely ironic. There's a lot of history with us in the last, you know, five, six years. I got here in 2018, and I think we played this team. 2018, played them twice. 2019, played them twice. 2021, played them again. Played them again the following year, and we're going to play them twice again this year. So a lot of history between the two, and there's been some good battles, some close games, some blowouts for either side. And I think the record, if you go to look at what's happened, shows that either team can win by any margin, and that's honestly what keeps you on your toes. If we're not careful, they can take advantage of us and vice versa. So, But to have what happened last year, and this is my final game. This is a lot of the guys' last game at Williams Stadium, and this is the last game for the year for everyone. We really want to change the narrative of how the season ended last year and finish on to this year. So it's going to be special to have that opportunity, and I know they're not taking it lightly. Awesome. Hey, Brandon, real, real quick, too, I love the fact that uh, the rushing attack this year is just dominating. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on, and uh, you and I have talked about it offline a little bit, but it's it's great that uh, I think most of us realize that a lot of that comes back to the to the line of scrimmage battle, and your dudes are just uh, getting the job done and getting the work done. Talk a little bit about uh, about what those guys are doing and, and just how proud of, uh, to be part of that offensive line you have been this year. I think the word that comes to mind when I think about what that group has been is consistent. And I think across the board, that's the hardest thing to do in life as a man. We always learn in our building consistency is what you have to be for your, for your wife, for your kids, for your coworkers. You, you want to be a consistent man and to have a group of veterans and new additions in the portal that come in and they come to work and it doesn't matter good, bad, what happened the day before the play before. The focus is refocused and you're focusing on what's next. And it's special and it's hard because you talk about it, you want to be about it. But for them to actually do it for 12 games straight has been insane. Number one rushing attack in the country. I don't care who you put out there. That's hard to do. You Anytime you beat an armed forces team, it's something's going right in your building. So those guys have been incredible. And I think the biggest thing is we knew that Gadlin was going to be lights out. We knew that John Graham had veteran experience, but to have, you know, X-Gray come in and Jay White and Tucker, and then you got Chase as a young guy, you know, finally getting a shot and all the guys that have contributed. It's been insane to see what they've been able to do. There's been no drop-off with anyone, and everyone's played their role as best as they could, and the results are showing. So it's been special for sure. 
Yeah, it definitely has been a lot of fun to to watch uh, that unit and, and the whole team really, and, and this offense is just a lot of fun to watch too. And with all those backs, and now Von Blue's back, so back to full strength on, on that side of the ball. Looking forward to uh, to seeing what they can do Friday night. Well, Brendan, hey, I appreciate it once again as always for, for you uh, joining us. And and I, I hope, I mean, what is this your third year you've been on the podcast every week with us? Uh, hopefully, we get you at least one more time before the bowl game Amen. and 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 send you out, man. Appreciate you as always. All right, thank you, Jason. So uh, you you texted me earlier today and and uh, said something about bigger pockets. I've never heard about that, but hey, who doesn't want to have bigger and deeper pockets, especially this <laughs> time of the year? But uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what is bigger pockets. Yeah, first of all, I guess the the disclaimer is there's no sponsorship here whatsoever. I'm going to put on the the former Professor Porter, Doctor Porter hat for just a moment. Man, this is probably one of the best websites out there. And of course, they're they're all over all the social media platforms as well. But Bigger Pockets is just a fantastic resource for all things real estate. You guys are all things flames. Uh, these guys are all things real estate. And if you get on there, it's uh, got some real practical advice. And then it goes pretty heavy into some investment things. And there's all kinds of free material. You can jump into some subscriptions as well if you want to. And uh, just a really, really good resource. Um, there's some stuff in there that'll make you think a little bit. And uh, if it makes you think and come up with questions, hit me up. You know how to get a hold of me. That's awesome. Well, I'll definitely have to check out biggerpockets.com uh, once we get off of here, maybe tomorrow. Uh, but as always, Jason, hey, I appreciate you uh, you stopping by. And and anybody listening or, or watching, uh, make sure you, you reach out to Jason Porter, any of your uh, real estate needs. And big supporter of the Flames, former Liberty University uh, Athletics employee, and, and now gotten into the real estate game. And appreciate you as always, Jason. Thanks, John. Appreciate the time. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, man, I'm so excited for Friday. It's championship week. Uh, we'll, we'll have some more ironclad coffee on Friday. Be sure to stop by the tailgate. Rain or shine, we'll be there, and uh, we'll be rocking with some ironclad coffee and maybe some treats from them as well. But uh, let's go ahead and roll this this uh, ad for, for ironclad. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasting serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy their craft roasted specialty beans anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of their two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and season ticket holders. And now they're pleased to sponsor the podcast from the CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. John, I'm not going to lie. I did not get my normal Tuesday pre-podcast nap in. What I would do for an Ironclad coffee right now to get me through the rest of the show that we have, man, I would do some some things but we're not going to get into that right now now here at uh, a sea of red and the liberty football podcast we like to hear from everyone and we threw a tweet out a little bit ago about an hour before the show and we said we want to hear your hot take we want to hear your best take for conference championship friday uh and those takes producer 3000 chad's been going around uh sending out links inviting people onto the show so we're going to rapid fire we're going to be bringing people in having a little bit of conversation. We are going to start off with Mr. Jake Morris. Bring him in. You're muted. Take two. How about that? We got ah, you now. How All right. What's up, evening, guys? Jake? Good. How are y'all? Uh, we're doing great. Thanks for joining us. Good. Yeah, no problem. 
Yeah. So my big take for this, I believe. So I tweeted out the uh, championship with uh, Conor McGregor there holding the mm -hmm. belt because I think that's what's going to end up happening here at the end. Liberty wins it. But I actually think it's a three-point game uh, when it all comes said and done. I, I think that this New Mexico State team is coming in hot. I think they're going to be ready. I think anytime you have a championship game, it's something Liberty is going to have to be prepared for. I think they will be, but I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to come down to the run game. I, I think Vaughn Blue may be kind of the key to this game uh, that a lot of people might be looking past. Last game, he had over seven yards per carry. He is killing it. And so I think that he may be the final factor there in what happens. But in the end, Liberty wins. I don't know if we get to a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't care, honestly. I would love for it to be that. But if you just told me at the end or beginning of the season that we would go undefeated, that we win Conference USA, and potentially we, we could beat the tar out of JMU in a bowl game, I would take that any day of the week. Wow, Richie. I don't know if we need to say anything else after that. That was a pretty Jake, good yeah, take. I'm fired up. I'm ready to run through uh, a brick wall. Uh, you mentioned a three-point game, I, and I, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, championship games are always close. The third time these teams are playing uh, in a couple days over a year, 370 yeah. days, third time playing. Uh, it was very interesting when, when, when this game was first kind of set in stone. Uh, the, the people out west in the desert said that this was going to be a two-touchdown game. That's now down to a 10-point game. So very interesting to see that, you know, obviously a lot of that's inflated uh, because of New Mexico State's win over Auburn. But, but just, you know, just like you said, it's moving in that uh, direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. CT says it best. W take. Uh, Jake, thanks for popping on. I, I loved your yeah, guys. You got I'm glad, me fired up. glad to get on. I'm, I am so Sad. I had planned a family vacation six months ago for this upcoming Friday that I'm going to be out of oh, town. But, but but we are going to be rooting on the Flames in South Carolina and go Flames and let's hope we get a, a good bowl game regardless. So yeah, yes. let, let, as, long, let, as long as you got a TV. Yeah, let's oh, get yeah. it. Oh yeah. yeah, let's get it. Appreciate you joining us, Jake. That, that man, those are some great points, and uh, I like yeah. this point about the JMU bowl game, and and uh, we'll, maybe we'll have to touch on that a little bit more. But and this is probably a good time to mention those of you uh, uh, listening. Uh, we're gonna have a special podcast on Sunday, uh, Richie. What, what's the details there? I think we're doing a uh, you know the bowl game announcement is going to come out sometime in the early afternoon, uh, whether it's Liberty in the New Year's Six bowl game or not. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a kind of a short, you know, I don't know if you want to call it an emergency podcast, but but we will have a podcast episode uh, on Sunday. Yeah. And, and, you know, regardless of the outcome, I, I think that Liberty is a team in demand that bowl, bowl teams and bowl committees are going to go, hey, we want a team like Liberty coming to, to our city in our bowl game. Liberty fans travel pretty well. Um, you know, having the hype around this season, potentially being undefeated, it, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a hot commodity. We might be in the position to maybe turn a couple bowls down and not just taking, you know, I remember back in the day, like, yeah, you'll have us, we'll come to the cure ball, but uh, having options. So next up, uh, you have seen him on Twitter. You've seen him on this podcast and you see him in the comments uh, every week. He needs no introduction. Bring in Ray Farrell. What's up? Woo! Turn that volume down. No, hey, no, Ray, what's going, going on, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, guys. How about y'all, man? I'll tell you what. I am so fired up for this week. I, I It's just my intensity, my adrenaline has just been kicking high. 
I'll tell you That's what, what I like to hear. You, you, you in the gym right now? I, I just finished up a workout. And, nice. um, Me too, right before this. <laughs> right That's before it, had to, had to got to make sure, man. Got to make sure I'm jacked up and ready to go for this game on Friday night. Oh, I no love doubt. It. No doubt. So what you got for us, Ray? Man, so I am going to be making the trip up to Lynchburg awesome. this Friday. So looking forward to seeing all of you in person. Um, you know, like like Coach Shadwell said in the press conference today, these are two totally different teams. But we're also better as well. I think we win, we win this game by a touchdown, but it is going to be close. Um, I think we score a touchdown right in the fourth quarter, probably probably under five minutes left to go in the game. So that's my that's going to be my take for it. Good good take, Ray. And and you know one thing I was thinking earlier today. When's the last time a team has played three games as a visiting team? at the same stadium within a year because that's what new mexico state's doing they they played here last year at the end of november into the season uh, earlier this year then again obviously uh uh friday night so they'll be coming up here they're not going to be scared they went to auburn and we we know what they did there and took care of business they've won in williams stadium like like i said a year ago they've been here this year they know what to expect from us from our crowd uh, so, so it's going to be a, be a big, uh, big challenge for us. But, but like you said, Ray, I, and I agree with you, both teams are a lot different than they were back in September, but uh, also both teams are a lot better. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up on Friday. Absolutely, John. Um, hopefully everybody shows out. I know the weather's not going to be ideal, but I, I want to see the student section especially packed. I uh, remember my first game in Tusk was September of 2007 against Tusculum. And remembering how packed that student section was. I want to see the same thing happen this Friday night against New Mexico State. Yeah, no I, doubt. No I, doubt. I you only will. get you only get one time to to play your first ever FBS uh, conference championship game, getting to play it at home. What's a little rain gonna hurt? And, and like you mentioned, I remember that Tusculum game. I was there. Also a JMU game. What was that? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten, in the pouring down rain yeah, at Williams well. Stadium. Those are so, so, some of the best memories I have as a Liberty fan, remembering back to some of those games. But, but anyways, thanks so much for for joining us, Ray. Good, good take. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks, Ray. All right. Uh, also, quick side note before we bring in uh, Mr. Dave Scoggins, free ponchos at the Flames Rising Tailgate. So if you are worried about a little rain, weren't worried about melting, come get your poncho. Everything's going to be just fine. Producer 3000, bring on Scoggins. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Living the dream. Good deal, man. Uh, yeah, just to kind of to back off of uh, what Ray was saying, my, my hot take for the game is the the crowd support. You know, I think it's something over the years that we see weather come into play and, uh, you know, maybe it gets a little scarce out there. It's been a while. I think the last time I got up to Williams stadium, unfortunately it was when we hosted Syracuse uh, a few years back, but uh, trying to make the trip this year from Arkansas, it's just a little bit of a drive. Uh, kind of wish I was still living in Charlotte, make it a lot easier uh, to get back up to Lynchburg, but I I'm really interested to see how the fan support is. I think it's going to be good. Uh, but, but my take's going to be, you know, is, you know, will the fans come out, students especially, I think the students could make or break, uh, you know, especially late game momentum for the Flames, whether or not we can put the pressure on New Mexico State late. And uh, we, we all know what those students can do on that opposing sideline late in the game. So uh, I think it'll be really, really great to see what they do and, and uh, how the game turns out. But, 
Yeah, I think that my my key to the game, uh, I, I give you one last thing here, would be, you know, how is the defense going to hold up in the second half? I think these last few games, uh, we we see the second half, and, and yeah, you can say that, you know, we're playing second, third stringers. We've kind of got it in the bag. Uh, it, it's tough, you know, when you're up by three or four touchdowns at halftime to keep that focus and and uh, you know the electricity that you have coming out to start the game. Uh, just you know, I'm sure Chadwell is going to have them ready to go and uh, be really excited to see how they respond to what should be a pretty electric uh, atmosphere Friday night. Hundred uh, percent, David. Quick question: Thoughts on the fans storming the field? I've seen some chatter on Twitter. I'm generally anti-storming the field. Um, I was anti-storming the field last year against BYU. Yeah. I'm pro storming the field this week. I have you know, no problem it's, with it. I, I don't have a problem with it only because it's it, it's kind of been the allure of it's been taken away in college football. It just happens yeah. so often now uh, that, you know, it used to be unranked teams. Like if an unranked Auburn knocked off number one Alabama, this you know, or whatever, right, a top two Alabama team. You could storm the field, great, whatever. But nowadays, you have teams storm the field every week. So yeah. it Michigan really- stormed the field on Saturday, which I was like, yeah. fine, right? I get it. Did right. Did anybody see Virginia Tech storm the field at UVA oh. on Saturday? <laughs> it was kind of like, I, I guess they did it because it was on a road game, kind of to, to show up their uh, in in state rivals. You know, as they battled out for the third best team in the state. Yeah, uh, no, it, it's just it, – it'll be interesting. I don't have a problem with it. I think that, you know, especially with it being the first conference championship game ever, uh, you know, go for it. Uh, why not? But on on that same note, though, uh, one other thing. I know we've been talking about football, but the GCU game this week uh, coming up on the 9th, I've, I've heard they're bringing students to our state, to our arena. So wow. you know, we, we better not let them show us up uh, in, in Liberty Arena. I think it's December 9th. Uh, they're, they're flying a plane out here just to bring their students. So uh, just to piggyback on, on what's kind of – I don't know. That's, that's what I've seen on, on Twitter. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. A lot of exciting basketball games coming up. Uh, David, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Absolutely. Thank uh, you all. really appreciate it uh, hearing on Twitter. Uh, quick shout out to the basketball podcast boys. Uh, Sunday nights, basketball's undefeated. We're going to mention that. It's important to mention. Uh, Chad, we got questions in the comments. What, what time, time is the tailgate? tailgate? Well, Great I think, question. yeah, I mean, you know, the game starts at seven. We typically get out there about three hours prior to, to kick. So, uh, come on out by four. There should be somebody there and there's not find a, a spot underneath the tent and, and hang out until somebody gets there. But uh, uh, the group of five guys uh, podcast is going to be broadcasting live from there, assuming that their equipment is not going to get damaged if the rain's too bad or whatnot. We'll obviously have to have – we have some backup plans to get them inside and whatnot. But uh, they're going to start at, um, I believe it's 5 o'clock. So uh, things should be, should be uh, going pretty good starting at 5. But, yeah, come on out earlier the better. Yeah. Great, great food, great drink, and uh, free ponchos uh, as well. So uh, Tim Talley asked, assuming Tulane wins, can the Flames still jump them with a dominating performance on Friday? It's a great, great question, Tim. Great question. Um, 
I don't think that's in the cards, unfortunately. Uh, I'm more concerned about the opposite and and SMU jumping Liberty if they have a, an impressive uh, win over Tulane. But, uh, I mean, you know, if let's say in this hypothetical Liberty beats New Mexico State something like 52-10 to 10, and then Tulane wins on a last-second field goal, uh, is that enough for Liberty to make up those two spots that are behind Tulane? Obviously, Liberty's 24 in the CFP Top 25 this week. Tulane's 22. I personally don't see it. And, you know, it's funny because, and again, I'll have an article like I, I've had each and every week the last couple weeks kind of breaking down the, these teams' uh, resumes. If you look at Liberty next to Tulane side-by-side, side, uh, you know how you do the blind team resumes, and if you looked at them, Liberty's resume is every bit as good as Tulane's. Uh, you know, now if they were to add a win over an SMU, that that would be a good win. Their win over UTSA last week is a good win. Uh, but but Liberty's win over New Mexico State's a good win too, and, and so is uh, Bowling Green. Liberty's got, I believe, what is it, five wins over bowl eligible teams. Uh, Tulane, I think, has two. So. Um, uh, it's a good question, Tim. I think Liberty should be ranked higher than Tulane, but really, why is Tulane getting propped up? Because of what they did last year. You know, and everybody says it's only based on you know this year, but it's not. They they went to the Cotton Bowl last year as a New Year Six uh, game as a G five representative there and beat uh, USC and Caleb Williams, and that kind of propped them up. And they haven't done anything to to disprove that that uh, ranking to this point so far this season. But hey, pony up. Pony up. Um, one thing I do want to mention, not sure if you saw, saw on Twitter, John, uh, Nick Pierce was on the uh, conference call. Uh, and he said he asked Boo Kerrigan, you know, if if SMU and the other G5 still have a path. And he said, yes, conference championships matter. Our goal is to find the best group of five team. So it's going to be very interesting. You know, if Tulane wins by three and we boat race New Mexico, that could count for something. Um, but I, I, again, like you said, there is always a chance that something weird happens because at the end of the day, it's college football. This is sure. 18 to 22 year olds playing a silly game and things get weird. Uh, Ryan Brown asks, are you expecting a sold out crowd for Friday night? I don't expect a sold out crowd. I'll be happy with, with a 20,000 plus, uh, attendant game on, on Friday night. And, and that's just part of it. I mean, it's December 1st. You know, it's late in the season. It's cold. Uh, there's rain expected. And again, we can sit here and talk about it. that shouldn't matter. I agree. Anybody that's listening and watching this podcast doesn't matter. If, if you're within driving distance or a reasonable distance within uh, of Lynchburg, you're going to be there on Friday night, regardless of the weather. But uh, sometimes that's not the case for those fringe fans that, you know, kind of take your attendance from an 18 to a 22 plus. And I mean, we, we technically didn't even sell out. Or did we? Maybe we did sell out the BYU game last year, but I think that's the only game we've ever sold out since we've gone to the FBS, since we've expanded to 25K. So, uh, no, I, I uh, unfortunately do not expect a sold-out crowd, but I do expect a good crowd. I, I'm expecting, you know, 17 to 18K plus. Yeah, I mean, I it's tough to sell anything out, to be honest. Um, I'm hopefully, you know, you never know someone's going to come in and just buy out all the tickets. And just, you know, someone will buy all the tickets for Liberty employees. Be like, hey, everyone gets a free ticket now. You, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But thank you to all the fans. We are so appreciative to everyone on Twitter, everyone in the comments. Uh, if you are checking us out live, make sure you like, subscribe. If you are watching later on on Spotify, give us a follow. 
Uh, it helps us out, lets us know that, that you're checking us out. But, John, we're going to hear from Leesburg, Florida, in just one moment. And I've been doing my research on Leesburg, and we're going to play a little game. Two truths and a lie. We're going to roll the commercial, and then uh, I want to hear – I'm going to give away the answer. So, number one, Annie Oakley, famous sharpshooter, had a residency show in Leesburg, Florida. Two, the population has grown 35% since 2010. And number three, Leesburg, Florida is known for the Leesburg Bike Fest, one of the largest in the country. What do you think, John? One, two, or three, which is the lie? I'm going number two as the lie. You'll let All us right. know after the commercial? We'll let you know. Roll the tape. It's real Florida, it's old Florida, and it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions, crystal clear natural springs, and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. John back up here to see if he was right or not. No, I'm going to build the suspense. We'll let him okay. back in uh, <laughs> later on. CT, first off, love the jacket. Are the Thank Knicks you. still Thank beating you. the Hornets? What was that? Are the Knicks still Probably. beating the Hornets? Probably. We'll I'll see. have to check. But we're in, the, we're, we're in the home stretch of college football. They are winning. Yeah, they're up by 12. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. good. But we're in the home stretch. It's conference championship week. Regular season behind us, and we're on to big-time games. Bowl games coming up, a lot of opportunities to maybe make a little bit of money here and there, uh, exactly. but also a great opportunity for, for us to just chat about what's going on in college football uh, yes. uh, across the nation. So, go, you had a great, you had a banger of a week last week. I love Another to see week. you've been on fire. I, I haven't had a losing week with the lock since week four, which we'll get, we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, uh, four and one there, the money, or five and one really, money line parlay hit as well. Um, I know uh, Zeke and a couple others actually tailed that one and made some money off of that, um, which is super exciting. Auburn, we knew the script. We knew it was going to happen. Yep. They didn't rush to. Maybe they went out right, but that's another story for another day. But, yeah, regardless, really, really happy with the locks and how they turned out. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, go to the next slide. And, Richie, I think it's time to gloat a little bit. No, I will gloat. Uh, I do want to say there's nothing yeah. better in this world uh, than giving someone a winning pick. Uh, I gave a, uh, a, a friend of the podcast um, a plus 3,000 football parlay, and when it hit, we FaceTimed. And the excitement and sheer joy that we both felt and the fact that I was able to provide that to someone uh, was awesome. So we've closed the regular season. Now, the three of us has made, have made our picks each week. We brought in some guest pickers each week, just like college game day. Uh, I'm not going to take my shirt off like McAfee. Um, and if you are watching live, you see this. You see the standings. Uh, if you are not watching uh, video, you're taking this in podcast version. We have John Manson in third place, sixty-one and sixty, above five hundred. Above five hundred. Good. It's good. Down three. That. Down three and a half units, and that means if he bet twenty-five bucks a game, he lost twenty-five times three point five six. We lost a little bit more than seventy-five bucks, which is not bad. 
Because if you spend an entire college football season for 75 bucks, that's 100% worth it. CT, you want to break break yours down? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we went 66, 57, a little bit fi- above 500 as well. Um, and we were positive. Uh, so plus 5.63 units. So yeah, if we want to do that 25 uh, basis, that means we're probably banking around $140 of profit right there, um, which is definitely exciting. And then you take it away for yourself and uh, let all let all the doubters and haters from last year. Uh, last well year, la- last year, people were going, no one's going to listen to your podcast because you're talking <laughs> about gambling and no one's going to listen to your podcast because you're bad at gambling. I was five games below 500. I had a dominant basketball season and I came in and I went 79 and 44. If you put $25 on all of my picks, I haven't glowed and rubbed it in. If you put $25 on every single one of my picks, you'd be up $675. So anyone wants to talk talk about investing money, that is insane. I challenge you to find any other podcast on barstool on espn that's someone that's up 27 units with a 79 and 44 record but i digress i guarantee guarantee you you make a lot more from that than nfts or anything else like that yeah so i I had a great season it it felt great i saw the board really well um so appreciative of of, of ct because you know he he put all this together for us uh sending us all the picks but we have some guest pickers we mentioned before, and I'm going in the right order, right? And, yeah, well, not, just a little bit more gloating. We're yeah. not done. Go gloat away. No, gloat so, away. Yeah, let's, let's go back to my locks really quickly. So we know it, it was a really bad start at, at the beginning of the year. As the football season was going, I, I couldn't get anything to hit to, be, to begin. We took a couple weeks off, and then weeks 5 to 13, 24 and 9. I went yep. in, on a heater just like you with the overall picks, up 18.85 units there. And then I just decided, you know, throw my locks in there along with all three of our picks, you, me, and John. And, of course, some of the times we might have the same pick, and so kind of like a two-unit play or three-unit play or something like that. But regardless, if you took all of our picks just across the board, you'd be up 37 units, basically, at the end of this. I just did the math. If you put $25 on all of our picks, that's over $900 you would have won. Incredible. So for anybody saying – no win or anything like that. Of course, we're gonna be we need to be responsible and everything, but doing it well, you can win and you can win a lot. So that's that's flames rising money right there. Exactly. Big time. Uh so we got some we got some locks for this week's uh championship. Uh we're gonna we're gonna fly through. Uh yep. obviously, New Mexico State. Uh, at Liberty, that's it's your pick. Oh, oh, I see how you did this. All right, you yep, go yep, first. Yep. Yeah, we just went by time and I uh, did it through. So Liberty, of course, uh, we're going to go team total over 33 and a half. Don't even need to worry about the defense. If anybody is worried about the defense second half, I know David talked about that. Don't worry. Just take Liberty team total over 33 and a half and cash it at the counter. I, I do also want to mention Vaughn Blue, first touchdown, 28 to 1. That's insane value. In, that is... I that will is, be sprinkling. Yes. That is Ve- that is Vegas does not know that he's been hurt and he just came back. Uh and they just they're looking at his stats like, yeah, he's probably not good. Do I think he's gonna score the first touchdown? Probably not. But at 28 to 1, it is 100 percent uh worth the sprinkle. Uh next game, 
Oregon, Washington, Washington over nine and uh, Washington plus nine and a half. Um, I've been on Washington since before the season started. I've been talking about Michael Penix Jr. Um, I think this spread is way too inflated. Everyone is super high on Oregon. Washington, yeah, they just came off a, t- a tough game in, in the Apple, winning on a last-second field goal. It's a conference championship game. It was that a look-ahead spot? But now they're here. Uh, Washington beat them already this year. I'm saying Washington is going to win the game. No, but I think nine and a half points is way too many points for a team that if they win, they're going to the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think that's a, a great spot, and yeah. I will happily take that. Um, Milrow over. I don't care what the rushing yards are. Uh, he's I did see uh, I, after I made the graphic, it, it came out, and it's 38 and a half. So. Love it. Would have had it at 68 and a half. <laughs> um, Georgia Tech ran all over Georgia, shockingly enough. Um, so I, I, I think Milrow's, he's going to have to get it done. They're going to have those wide receivers locked down. Um, so they're going to have to, to kind of, he's going to have to make things happen with his feet if they're going to really move the ball down the field. Yeah. And the best part of his passing game is his long throws actually. So, mm-hmm. um, they may, they may hit the deep shots, but other than that, um, I really agree with you there and then expect him to make plays with his legs, um, to try to keep that one close. Um, so next thing I'm going to go with is a teaser between two games that are both at 4 p.m. on Saturday. So the first one that we'll all be tuned into, SMU at Tulane. I, I think it's still going to be a close game. So I teased SMU up from 4 to 10. So as long as SMU doesn't lose by double digits, we're golden there. Um, I don't know what the status of Preston Stone, their quarterback, is. But regardless of that, the backup is pretty good. He won a couple state championships, I did see. I mean, he's played well so far. So um, that being the case, uh, with or without him, I like SMU to not lose by double digits. And, of course, we want that as well. We want them to win outright. And then at the same time, the game that you might not be watching unless you have, like, YouTube TV multi-view or something like that, uh, App State at Troy. Troy is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, They're the dominant team right now in the Sun Belt um, because JMU doesn't exist. Um, so that being the case, uh, I would be shocked for App State to win this game. So let's tease Troy down to minus a half. Basically, just need them to win. Put those two together for that teaser. Yeah. Last last, last, uh, last game for me, SMU Tulane. Points, points, points. SMU, yep. over. Just blindly betting SMU overs. I don't care who the quarterback is. It's irrelevant. I think this is going to be the type of conference championship game that these teams are going to be slinging it. Um, they, they both – are fighting for a spot in the New Year's Six Bowl, and it is not going to be, you know, no team's going to be sitting there trying to run up the clock. I think it's going to be Sling City. So yeah. uh, I was shocked, 50 and a half points. I could see this game well, both teams being in the in the 30s. I love it. And then finally, Moneyline Parlay, Liberty to win, Oregon to win, Texas to win. None of them are losing. Get that at plus money. Absolutely sign me up. I will responsibly be playing that. Responsibly. Yes, exactly. That All being right, the so, case, yeah. uh, we had – Three people out of all of our guest pickers that uh, were tied at the top. Uh, six and three plus two and a half units, roughly. Sam, Zeke, and Jake. And so we thought no better thing to do than try to break the tie in this conference championship week. Bring them all on. Are we on? Yeah, here we go. Friends of the program, Jacob Webb, Sam Stone. Zeke, unfortunately, is at work? Yes, he's at work. Yeah, intramurals oh. during finals week. Poor so we guy. got the picks regardless. So yes, we got him in. So uh, 
boys, thanks for having us. Congrats on making it this far. Uh, give us a couple. I'm sorry, Sam. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was just saying, hey, how we living? Doing great. Just left dinner with my wife. Had it made it home in the nick of time. I'm walking in the front door right now, so it's literally perfect. I heard Let's it was going to be close. And uh, Jacob, how are you doing this Tuesday night? I'm feeling good. How are you fellas doing? We're here. Need better. And we're excited to break the tie. So, uh, Jacob, we're going to put the pressure on you first. Give us some of your best picks for this evening. Now, we have all the picks on the screen if you are watching on audio. We're going to tweet this out. So, if you want to follow along, we haven't figured out what the winner is going to get. But the winner is going to get something. I don't know what it is yet. Trip Again? to Leesburg? Trip to Leesburg. I can't promise that. <laughs> trip to Leesburg. Um, I can't promise that. But, uh, Jake, go ahead. Let's give Sam a moment to, to, to get in. Put on his loafers and uh, give us some of your, your favorite picks this weekend. Yeah, I don't know if this is my favorite pick, but um, I screwed myself over last time not picking Liberty. So I saw Sam uh, be a little bit of a traitor this week. So I figured I'd be the good guy. Mine was an emotional hedge. <laughs> Nothing wrong with an emotional hedge uh, <laughs> every now and then. Uh, both you guys on Toledo. I'm not gonna I don't know, to know anything. anything about those two teams, so I just threw down the most familiar name that I think is doing well. So that's my pick right there. It did me well last time. Mine was 100% based off of the Boca Bowl last year and seeing how well Toledo played versus us and all even, the fun we had at that game. So Even with Chad yelling, Toledo at the fans. <laughs> they, it wasn't they. It was a red shirt walk-ons grandparents that Chad yes. yelled. So, <laughs> yes. They were the nicest people in the world, too. Uh, got a little, little uh, Big 12. Last time Texas playing uh, in, the, in the Big 12. Uh, Texas minus 14 and a half against Oklahoma State. We're on opposite sides here. Uh, Jacob, go Cowboys. Yeah, you know, I I don't think they'll win, um, obviously, but I, I think they'll want to play spoiler pretty pretty badly with them going to SEC like they did with uh, Oklahoma. So I think they get, you know, a little bit of a kick-out-the-door type of situation maybe. Yeah, and mine was just – I mean, listen to you guys talk. I can change any of these picks. I got kind of lucky <laughs> one. I didn't know what I was doing, so I got lucky that I'm – I'm just glad that I'm here. And um, I don't know, Texas beat Alabama. Alabama's pretty good, so that's why I picked them. I don't, I don't hate the rationale. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't think, do. That's that's it worked for me in the beginning, so we'll see what happens here. Now, we, see what we, else I, not, I don't really know. We'll find out. We uh, we're, we're not going to talk too much about the Mountain West because they decide their conference championship by computers, like it's nineteen ninety eight. Uh, similar games, SEC championship. Uh, I've talked so much about the SMU Tulane game. I just want that game to happen already. Similar games uh, in the Sun Belt. Sam, you you are a Louisville. I was at Citizen. I was, at, I was, I at was shocked when I saw you didn't take them. I was at the Louisville versus Kentucky game when we were supposed to win by, I think, 10 and a half. And our quarterback just handed the ball to them two different times, or our running back handed it once and quarterback once. It was heartbreaking. It was a tough game, and so I, I don't, I don't feel like. I mean, Florida State looked good even without Jordan Travis last year, last week. So I, I don't really foresee there being a shot, and it's an emotional hedge. If Louisville wins, I'm like, that's great. No, no, Jam. I, I did hear you say we. Were you talking about Liberty or were you talking about Louisville there? <laughs> 
I'm part French. I don't know if I've told you that. 50% oh. is French. So I say we, we all the time. It has nothing to do with anything. So yeah, just take that as, as you may. Amazing. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. Totally get it. And uh, Jacob, you, you're riding Louisville. Gold money line too. Yeah, you know, I figured here's here's the reason for the money line. If I lose out somewhere else, I want to be able to jump them maybe with this one. So that's why I pulled that one. And uh, honestly, Florida State I, in that Florida game, it was so close uh, for a little while where I I just don't know if I, I trust them too much, to be honest. And, I mean, to gather for a rivalry game is different, I think. You're going to have to buckle up and get literally Louisville's best shot all year. And I just, I think it's going to go the other way. And to be honest, uh, Texas is hoping it goes the other way. A lot of these other teams are hoping it go the other way too. So I think Louisville can make a lot of people happy. It's going to, you know, it's an ACC championship game that I don't think many people expected. I think everyone was looking Clemson, North Carolina to start off the season, but uh, very cool to see Louisville. Jeff Brown, who I think is a phenomenal coach, uh, turn that program around similar to not turn the program around, but, uh, get it to a, a great spot in a conference championship game their first year. Last game, the sicko game. It is I I, I don't I don't I don't know how I'm gonna watch this game. Michigan minus twenty three with an over under of thirty five and a half. Which I, I want nice. I, I want to hear Jake's rationale at the end. So Sam, Iowa plus twenty three. Why? <laughs> hey Iowa's defense is good. They're not I, – I think that they will slow down the game. I think their only shot of possibly coming close in this game is slowing it down by so much that I think – and even Michigan didn't score. I mean, Ohio State's defense is obviously probably better than Iowa's, but they weren't putting up a ton of points till the very end. I, I still think it, it, it is going to be a low-scoring game, and obviously Michigan's going to win in a blowout fashion, but it might be a blowout by two touchdowns and a, and a field goal. Jacob, the the over? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Iowa is going to be punting from like their own 35 yard line the entire game. Michigan's going to get 36 points on their own, and even if they don't, I mean, Iowa all they have to do is put up maybe 10 points, and it's going to get there. That's the same reasoning I had last time with what was it, Georgia and somebody else? Georgia, Georgia will miss. That's who it was. I was like, Georgia's going to put up 40, and they can still build them by 20 and still hit the over. So I think that's what's going to happen in this one. It, it, if, if you have never, if you have not branched out of Conference USA football, please put on this game. Just watch, just watch Iowa for three to four offensive possessions. Just, just do it. Just. It will make you appreciate our offense that much more. Yes. Yeah, I, I really this, this don't know. A couple weeks ago on the podcast when Kyle DeArmond went off on Iowa. <laughs> That was one of my favorite <laughs> podcast history. What an the Iowa crazy thing is this people still live in Iowa too, which is wild. I mean, it's just a tough scene all around. So I, I can't fathom. Rick, it. One last thing I'll say about your over. Just a little fun tidbit on the uh, on the green book right on the green sports book right now. Uh, if you go over to the team totals, uh, they have the first half and second half team totals for Iowa. Both of those lines are set at 0.5. So, uh, yeah, you're going to need Michigan to score all those points on your own. You're going to hit that over. So, I, I ain't worried about it. We got we got Kyle in the comments. 
he's chirping Iowa. He's fired up about <laughs> Iowa being uh, being ranked ahead of us. But who? If if I if Iowa pulls off the upset, we're gonna need a camera on Diarmin. We need Saturday like those night. Dave Portnoy. Uh, whenever you know the the barstool cameras when he watches, we need one on Kyle, yeah. one on Rich. Yeah. individual. I, I would pay a subscription based model to do that. I've said we need to do like a live type thing for games when we're away. I I think it can be done. It's got to be done right. But gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, we know you support us. Uh, not just when you're on as guest pickers, but but you're there on Twitter um, and, and supporting us here, there, and everywhere. And hopefully see you all at a bowl game. going to talk about that uh, up in a little bit. But best of luck. Uh, we're going to be throwing this out on Twitter. So get in there. Tweet who you're rooting for. Follow along. We'll be following along Saturday. I'll be going in and updating it. And uh, good luck to everyone. Which Zeke was here as well. But, boys, enjoy the Tuesday night, and we'll see you, uh, see you out and around. CT, what, what a year. It's been it's been a, such a good ride. It's been between Liberty and the podcast. It's been all around just perfect. It, it, it has been awesome. And for those who are watching live, thank you so much. Uh, we're it's going to be a longer podcast. We're just going to be honest. Let's be real. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about. So uh, if you are still joining us, uh, if you're watching later on, make sure you like it, subscribe. It helps us out. And if you are watching live or you are watching on YouTube later on, you could see that we've brought back. The man, the myth, the legend, the legend, John Manson. And we are now joined by the man who's done it all on the mountain, Mr. Kyle DeArmond. Kyle, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing good. It's a great, great night. I heard, uh, saw Sam's comment that I was, uh, you know, well, you told him that I was still upset about Iowa, and I, I am. I watched that game. I watched them play last week, and I was just flabbergasted. I don't know how these guys continue to win games but they do i mean credit to them but i do think that they are terrible enough no. about iowa enough about iowa uh liberty 24th in the country college football playoff poll and on a crash course friday night new mexico state kyle the old football adage is it's hard to beat a team twice in one year um what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on liberty's approach to this conference championship game on Friday night. Well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough to beat a team uh, twice in a year, uh, but it's funny because New Mexico State's been that team that we've actually played twice in a year um, in the years past, which is kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult, but I think what Liberty has going for them right now is that they got ranked 24th in the in the college football playoff and Tulane is ranked 22nd. Um, and, I think if SMU is ranked 25th and they end up going and winning the AAC, that they would <clears throat> jump us, honestly, even if we won. But I don't see how a two-loss um, SMU American League champion um, can jump a 13-0 Conference USA champion. I just don't. I don't see how that can happen. I mean, you look at their their wins. You know, their best win is probably Memphis. Um, and then they have a, a bad loss against a five and seven non bowl eligible TCU team. Um, and then they lost to Oklahoma. So, you know, you're talking about a team like that jumping uh, an undefeated group of five. I just don't see that happening. I mean, then, cause then you're setting, then the college football playoff co committee is kind of setting a precedent for like just their opinion on who they think is the best group of five school. If you can't be 13 and 0 and, 
win every single game on your record and win a conference championship and not be that top group of five team, then there's something wrong. So I think it's going to be a tough game. New Mexico State is hot, eight in a row. Um, should be 10 in a row, honestly, after that Liberty game. They lost by three to Hawaii, I think, in, you know, um, early on in the season. But they're playing at an extremely high level, and they're extremely confident. And you don't think they're fired up to come in and try to knock off Liberty, win a Conference USA championship, um, and ruin all of our ruin all, all of our hopes and dreams to get to a New Year's Six game. Um, you know the weather is definitely going to play a factor. I think it plays in our favor if it is raining because we you know we can run the football um, better than they can. I mean they have some good running backs, but they want to throw the ball around, and so I think it does definitely help us. The home environment, I mean, tr- just traveling across country, I mean, that sucks. That flight from New Mexico or from, uh, you know, we flew into El Paso when we played New Mexico State, and that's a long trip, man. So I think there's a lot of factors that fi- play into our favor. But again, like I said, New Mexico State, they're playing they're playing with us some confidence right now. Yeah, they're definitely going to come into Lynchburg and Williams Stadium Friday night, like you said, Kyle, with a lot of confidence, with some swagger. Uh, Diego Pavia did it to us last year, right, and and uh, kind of embarrassed us all. That, that was a very embarrassing afternoon. I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's just something that sticks with you for a long time. And that win in September helped move us past it, but uh, here they are again, and, and if we lose to them on Friday night, it'll stick with us again going into the offseason, into next year, and and let's hope that's not something that, that happens. One thing that uh, kind of jumped out to me is since we played them, uh, and they've obviously improved, but their scoring defense, 19.7 points per game, that's top in the uh, Conference USA uh, this year. So, so they've uh, done some things right on that side of the ball. Um, they, they've improved a lot against the, the run. Uh, I think they're giving up about one, 120, uh, 125, somewhere around in there, uh, per game on, on the ground. So, uh, that, that's going to be a big matchup as, as you know, we all know Liberty's got the top rushing offense in, in the country. And, um, you know, if it's some wet weather, you know, uh, how many times will, will Liberty run the ball? I mean, just sit there and, and hand it to, to Cooley. I, I think that's one thing Liberty's coaching staff's kind of done a good job of these last couple of weeks, despite the wins and, and playing so well, is they've limited Cooley's reps. They've limited his touches. And uh, the number of snaps that he's played each week has, has been, you know, in the 20s, maybe 30s. So, so uh, you know, they've been resting him a little bit, not not trying to give him the, the full load. But – I mean, after this game, I mean, you got nothing else to to, to save them for. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a bowl game, but if it's a New Year's Six bowl game, you're talking about almost a month off. And even if it's a, a, a middle of December bowl game early in, in the bowl season, you still got two or three weeks off. So uh, I expect Cooley to get a bunch of bunch of work. You got Von Blue back, Aaron Bedgood, obviously. We know what he can do, and uh, it, it'll be a lot of fun. One thing, you know, New Mexico State 10-3, and three, and they're getting votes in, in uh, top 25 polls and things like that. But, man, if they could – I'm sure they, they're probably kicking themselves a little bit now. If they go back to their first month of their season, they lost to UMass. And I think you just mentioned it, Kyle. They lost to Hawaii. I mean, yeah. if they could get those two games back, I mean, you could have a 12-1 and team. Uh, and could you imagine if they were 12-1, and that only loss being to Liberty. Uh, this is a top 25 showdown Friday night for, for a conference championship. Yeah, no question. I mean, they get those games back, um, and we're talking about a completely different scenario when it comes to the New Year Six, you know, situations because we're kind of probably sitting in the driver's seat then at that point. Um, 
being undefeated and a win against a, a, a top, you know, a, another top ranked group of five team, which they are now, you know, I know that it was two weeks ago, but, and we've, you know, them to, for, for them to go into Auburn and to do what they did um, was impressive. I mean, they dominated the game start to finish. And so there is no, like, you know, that spread, I think you said it was two touchdowns initially. I mean, that was like shocking to me. I even think, you know, it's like plus 350, the New Mexico State money line, which is like, which is wild. Kind of talks about, I mean, it shows what Vegas thinks of Liberty. That's for sure. I mean, um, you know, that's a shout out to us, I guess, from from the people in Vegas. But, I mean, they dominated that game start to finish uh, and dominated at the line of scrimmage and kept they kept Auburn off balance. And then, you know, they really did a really good job bringing pressure, changing up the looks that they presented to Peyton Thorne. Um, and it just it caused them trouble and they could not figure out a way to score points. They couldn't figure out a way to get off the field. Um, and so it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough matchup. I'm excited for it. Friday night is going to be a, a fun one. Um, and uh, I think that it's going to be a, a flames victory in the end, but I do think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. CT spreads 10 and a half. Why? Yeah. That's a great question. I, I know Kyle said it started off around two touchdowns, which it did. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was a bit high as well. But, I mean, we go back and look at the first game this year, and it was Liberty minus nine and a half. So, based off of that, plus the result of that game, plus the results of the rest of the season, I think really the the line was at 14 before the Auburn game. Uh, it was It's already been out since the game was announced um with when new mexico state beat western kentucky so it was at 14 then um which i think made sense based on the results of the season up to that point and then it's been it came down like a point after the auburn game and it's been bought down since then to about 10 and a half all that being said i think it makes a lot of sense um but i think it shows as kyle said a lot of respect for us um and i think Maybe even if Tulane was in this position, they might not even be as much of a favorite. I'll just say that. And I think that's what uh, how Vegas sees us. So um, I know uh, there's been a couple comments just about turnovers being a concern and things like that. And I will say I've se we've seen those fumbles come up a bit more in recent games and things like that. But one thing that I think is promising is New Mexico State is bottom 10 in the country in, term in terms of turnovers forced. Um, so that means they're not going to be creating the mistakes. If the mistakes happen, they'd be on us. And I don't think our coaching staff is going to be allowing that. Or, uh, yeah, so I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was going to say just a touch on that. I mean, I think that what we've seen is uh, just Caden playing with a little bit. He's playing, he's been playing more like loose with the ball, I guess you'd say taking some more chances, especially when we've been up in games, that's when you're seeing him like maybe try to force a throw that he shouldn't have because you know, he's probably looking at the scoreboard and we're up 21 points and it's in the third quarter and he's like, well, I can try to make this throw and it's going to be a sweet catch or it's going to be a touchdown and then it's like an interception, but it's like, uh, it doesn't really hurt us. Now, I think that he like, you know, Willie Corn's probably starting to just, you know, refocus him on, hey, we have to protect the football. We have to protect the football. You know, carrying the football in space, keep it high and tight. You know, make sure that your pitches are on point and that you're making the right decision. You know, it's always, I've said it before, 
you know, end every possession with a kick, either a field goal, extra point, or a punt. Like, we do not want to give them the football. We don't want to turn the ball over. And if we do that and we protect the football, we should win, no problem, because our time is that we're going we're gonna to control the time possession. Um, and then defense just bend, don't break, you know, have that bend, don't break mentality and protect the end zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, the turnovers are something that scares me as well. But I think that, uh, you know, coming into this game, uh, their their focus is definitely on protecting the football because they know that CT, you know, they know that New Mexico State, um, we don't want to give them any extra possessions and we want to make sure we can take care of the football every single drive. Yeah, no doubt. And last thing I'll just add, just going back to some of your comments about them, I don't want to take anything away from their win against Auburn. As you said, like they they dismantled them. Like on both sides of the ball, they dominated that game. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from them. But at the same time, I think it was very clear, and I've even heard as much that, I mean, Auburn didn't really even game plan for that week at all. They're solely focused on Alabama, which – I mean, we, we won't get too much into that, but regardless, I know that won't happen from our coaching staff. And two, there's not another game to look forward to because we don't know our bowl game or anything else like that. So again, not to take any way, anything away from New Mexico State, but I trust our coaching staff to have the game plan in place to take care of business um, and get the win, whether we cover or not, just get the win. No, I agree. And and one thing that I, that I think is is really key. You, you look back to this past uh, this past week against UTEP. Is yeah, we had 441 rushing yards, only 22 passing from Caden. Uh, I think JB got a six yard completion, so we ended up with 28. But and, and again, Coach Chavel said after the game, it was part of that was how they were playing us. They're like, okay, you're going to give us six or seven yards of carry. Well, we're fine taking that too. And and uh, but against this this game uh, against New Mexico State uh, this week, we're, we're going to have to be more balanced we have to be able to to complete some passes uh not not necessarily shot plays you know deep deep down the field that we've been so good at 40 50 yard uh shot plays to cj daniels or, or some of the others but uh we need to be able to uh you know complete that seven yard out complete that uh five yard slant you know to keep the chains moving uh cade needs to be smart with the ball as you were talking about a little bit earlier uh, he needs to be smart with the ball, not just the way he's carrying it when he's running around, but also in in his decision making in the passing game. You know, not forcing things into tight windows. He needs to be smart when he's, uh, you know, making decisions. Should I run and try to pick up the first down here, or should I, you know, throw the ball away and and uh, avoid those disastrous plays? I, I think that that's uh, super key. And and uh, you know, I'll go back to to being balanced. You know, if we can be balanced. Uh, our offense is almost impossible to stop with with the weapons that we have. You know, from Caden, his ability to to throw the ball all over the field, uh, his ability to make plays with his legs, and then the plethora of running backs we have from from Cooley, Billy Lucas, who we haven't even mentioned until now. Uh, but but Billy Lucas had I think it was ninety rushing yards the first time we played New Mexico State, and before he got injured early in the year, he was on track to to being you know that you know, one B that took to Cooley's one a, and, and then, uh, also Vaughn blue, uh, we can't forget what he did early in the year. So, uh, looking forward to, to seeing all those guys back. Hopefully Trayon Sibley's back as well. He played a little bit last week, but, um, sh should be a great game. It, it, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it's, if it's a one possession game that's decided in the fourth quarter. And that's something Liberty hasn't had since, what New Mexico. No, I guess it was since, um, middle Tennessee and, and Sam Houston. So, We'll see what happens.
Yeah. So uh, got your key to the game there, John. La- you know, last question for you. What are your thoughts, your perspective on, on Liberty football this year? You 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 follow it more than than all all of us and, and uh, everyone's out there. What are your perspective this season, uh, this game? What does this mean to you? Well, I mean, it, it's crazy. It's been such a long time since we've competed for a conference championship. I mean, you're going back to the Big South days. Uh, I know Kyle was uh, was part of a lot of those teams, but uh, I can remember I was at the first ever uh, game that, that we won. It was 2007 at uh, Gardner-Webb uh, down in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, we won that game 31 nothing regular season finale. And that was our first ever uh, conference championship at the FCS level. And uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, I went on the field after the game. There was probably about 20 or 30 Liberty fans that, that went down there and and uh, kind of celebrated the game. It was a lot of fun. I'll never forget that. And, uh, you know, it's so fun to see where this program's come since then. I mean, you know, there was probably four or 500 people in the stands for that game. Uh, and, and those Liberty teams were really good. I mean, we had some dominant offensive lines, uh, Rashad Jennings, uh, was a really good running back. Obviously, he made it to the NFL, and and uh, but but Liberty's come so far in such a short period of time. And what was that? You know, 15, 16 years ago, and now to be competing for for an FBS conference championship. Uh, we we've talked about it already, but it kind of gives me uh, goosebumps to even think about it. But if two things happen, we're we're playing in the Peach Bowl or, or the Cotton Bowl or whatever. And and who would have thought that uh, when any of us were in school? Who would have thought that? You know, five years ago when we found out, you know, I, I tweeted something about that uh, earlier today is Delaware got the news that, you know, officially today that they're moving up to, to Conference USA and FBS. And and I tweeted out, I can remember the moment that I got the news that Liberty was going to the FBS. I can remember where I was. I know exactly where I was and what I was thinking. Uh, and who would have thought even then just, you know, what, five, six, seven years ago that here we would be 12 and 0. Uh, on the cusp of a first ever conference championship, you know, competing for that Friday night against New Mexico State. And if, if things go the right way, we win Friday, things go the right way for us Saturday. Uh, we're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. That's that's just unfathomable. It's it, it really is. You know, we, we've all been following Liberty for more than just a, a cup of coffee. And, and we've seen it all in different levels from from the games you talked about. I mentioned the getting passed up for. Uh, a lot of the the FCS playoffs, the blocked field goal against Coastal in the what was the conference championship game, right? That was our last conference championship in the Big South. Yeah, 2014, and, that was, and we that won was that. Just the anniversary, yeah. Yeah, we won that game and, and went on to the FCS playoffs where we uh, beat JMU and beat JMU and, and yeah, beat JMU. So yeah, almost beat Nova too. It was a good game. Yeah, we, we did. That was a that was a game. I, I made the trip, and that was another game in the rain. I'll never forget that mm-hmm. game, and uh, made the trip up to to that one, and and really could have won that game. It was it was yeah, a great great game. Played Sam Houston actually. Would it have been Sam Houston in the quarterfinals? Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. you may be right. Yeah. Fun 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 fact before I uh, close out the show. That was actually the first time I ever spoke with John Manson. I had two tickets to the game. Tragically, I had a buddy pass away and could not go to the game and i sent him an email and i was just like hey my name is rich and i really like your blog here's two tickets because i can't go uh and they did a giveaway and never in a a million years thought that uh nine years later i'd be on this podcast getting to talk about liberty football with with all of you here live with 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 all of you on twitter uh with, with all of our fans 
Uh, John. Now, now Richie, that's the first time I heard that story. You never told me that before. I've never told you that before. I actually, I gotta go. I'll go and see if I can dig up that email. But uh, no, I emailed you, and I was like, "Hey, I take it. I love what you guys do." It, um, it was an email, so that was back before our Twitter days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was on Twitter with a different account. Richie Longshot is only a, a few years old, but uh, <laughs> Manson and to all of our listeners, the Leesburg lie. There was none. All three of those facts are true. And they're awesome, and they are what makes Leesburg, Leesburg, Florida, the lakefront town. So thank you to everyone who joined us uh, this evening. I know this was a longer show, but there are so many exciting things that that we want to talk about. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, whichever medium you are on. Throw us a follow on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, and as always, and I'm certainly not going to stop saying it now, stay hydrated, stay blessed, stay fry, stay fly. Uh, I'm going to start that all over again. I'm a man of superstition. He can, producer 3000 can cut we're this. Gonna, from yeah, the, we're going to cut that out in post production. Audio podcast. I, I, got a, right, here we go. I got a little nervous. Stay hydrated, stay blessed, stay fly, and we'll see you on Saturday.